You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Everybody and welcome to Side Quest Side Sesh. Uh, tonight is Thursday, June 29th, I believe, which means by next week's episode, the great American holiday known as the 4th of July will have passed. Well, today, June 29th, is a great American holiday for me. There we go. Because it's my mom's birthday. And oh. I never would have been born uh, an American. If it wasn't for my American mom. So this is this is a big day for me. It's very well, special. Birthday. You know what's funny is I also celebrate Joe's mom's birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a big deal. It's a big yeah. deal. It, mostly on the West Coast. Mostly on the West Coast. I think he's he's uh, insuwating that he has had sexual relations with your mother. <laughs> oh, and I didn't pick up on his that. Son. No, I didn't. I was. Matt <laughs> going. Did, how far. did you get that? How did you? Uh, That's what I'll I tell got. you. How he got that? All boys high school. That's <laughs> like the first thing that comes. The way into his he life. said it, it was like, "I also celebrate your mom's birthday." <laughs> if you coming. know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> was there a joke in your all boys Catholic high school that did not eventually resolve this being something about someone's mother? Uh, yeah, it usually went uh, in a way uh, that I can't say on the air. Uh, it, often, <laughs> it often went that way, and uh, was, it was pretty horrible. <laughs> Actually, pretty horrible it was pretty horrible. Um, but let's talk about Fourth of July. Do you guys are you big? I mean, it's weird. There's this like holiday gap. If you're a holiday person, some people really glom on to Fourth of July because it's like there's this holiday drought until Labor Day and and, and Halloween. Um, so I think that some people get really fired up about this. Do you, are you guys big Fourth of July? Big fireworks people? I guess those can be mutually exclusive, but not really. Skid, I feel like you don't like fireworks. They're like too loud. No, I I used to like fireworks quite a bit. I used to get pretty excited about them. And then I saw when I was in Japan, I saw like when I growing up in Denver, actually at the park uh, displayed behind me, we used to have an annual fireworks display. And uh, looking back, it was incredibly lame. Like there would be one like <laughs> poof, like every three minutes. And then the finale was like, Poof, poof, poof. And like that was it. And we'd all go home. And I, it was very exciting as a kid. But then I, li- I was living in Japan and they had a fireworks celebration outside Tokyo that we went to. And it was, it wasn't even a, I don't think it was even a holiday. It was just like a, a, a Saturday. And it was like <laughs> two hours of what would count for a finale anywhere in America on 4th of July. It was just like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> so that kind of my firework experience peaked and I've just everything's been a letdown ever since. So mm. so America has been a letdown ever since that time. America kind of sucks. <laughs> I hate to be the one to say it. But. I'm surprised Denver didn't have a bigger display. <laughs> I would think a major American yeah. city would have. Uh, Not in the 70s. <laughs> 
<laughs> Matthew, I feel like it could go either way with you. You either like uh, not into it at all, or you were like one of those white trash degenerates that drove across the border to buy fireworks. <laughs> no, <laughs> sadly, I mean that, that might have made my life more exciting. But no, I mean like I fireworks are fine. I feel like a little bit like the thrill is gone at this point. I'm waiting until Mira can appreciate the fireworks, and then they'll be exciting. I've yeah. always I've always been a big fan of the really basey ones, the ones that have like they 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 light up, and then there's yeah. like a second oh, just delay, the, like, and then you, flash of light, and yeah, then boom, yeah, and you feel fun. it, and you you feel it in your innards. Yeah, that, yeah. that was that was what I was a fan of, like those pretending to be in war for a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's really fun and exciting. <laughs> if it gave some people in the crowd PTSD flashbacks, whatever, <laughs> that was what I that was the kind that's of the thing that bugs me is thinking about the dogs, the pets. Yeah. Dogs. Somebody oh, yeah. think about the yeah. dogs. Yeah, dogs I don't like, like it, but I don't really care for dogs. Oh, that is a disturbing thing to know about you now. Um, <laughs> also, my neighborhood here, like they're they're people are absurdly into fireworks, so they start setting them off like days before the Fourth of July, yeah. and it's it's just it's just too much. That happens. That happens out here too. Uh, Joe, that happens uh, everywhere. <laughs> Joe, are you big, uh, big Fourth of July guy? Could say Philadelphia Independence dude, Day. That's dude, like yeah. second Christmas. Like, well, like most holidays, my favorite thing is the food. And Fourth <laughs> of July, I love. I just love barbecues. And so, you know, that's a good holiday for like. You're like, we have to eat disgustingly huge burgers and dogs yeah. today. It's it's an American tradition. So I, I do enjoy grilling outside and uh, and hanging out. But Fourth of July tends to be hot out here like really hot uh, whereas you know memorial day you can kind of get the same thing and it's much better weather so I, I probably hedge toward memorial day but fourth of july is just bigger in the sense that like more people are off and business clo- kind of closes down which is great and so I, I love that time off but um yeah no i'm not a big fireworks guy never have been um my in-laws are my father-in-law in particular old money you know money mm-hmm. he's uh he's into fireworks and he's great about like buying a ton of fireworks for like the kids to set off and by the kids i mean like the kids that are like 14 15 like they actually set them off and that's kind of fun like setting off your own backyard fireworks and some that are like big old honkers where they like get out of the way it's just like boom like th- those are those are fun to set off yourself but yeah fireworks displays by the township or the city or whatever i'm like i could miss them and i wouldn't care at all wow uh jared what about you big fourth of july guy i'm you know i want to be a uh contrarian and say that i like fireworks but fireworks are like parades which is who gives a shit (laughs) Uh, the most the most trivial thing you can risk losing your fingers for for sure (laughs) yeah and uh i am not an emperor i am not an emperor in 10th century china so they do not impress me much (laughs) yeah i feel like fireworks have been surpassed by other entertainment yeah. In yeah. the last few decades. I mean, they've been surpassed by other explosives. I mean, we can now drop nuclear bombs and end the world. Do we really need to light up the sky a little That's bit? That's how we should be celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> Is that right, what you're man. suggesting, Matthew? We should do no, that. I'm instead. just saying it, that it, it sounded like what Matthew was suggesting. <laughs> right. I'd be more interested if we just picked a country to nuke. That's, that's worse kind of, than that's me I saying heard. I don't like dogs. 
I've been I've been I've been keeping it quiet over our eight years of podcasting, but I actually am a big proponent of mutually assured destruction. <laughs> you know, I I was with Matthew last Fourth of July, and he was just staring at photos from Hiroshima the whole time, <laughs> <laughs> and singing the Star Spangled Banner <laughs> under his breath. And every every few every every few minutes, I would just go America. <laughs> oh God! While eating a tofu dog. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, there was a festival every 4th of July and it lasted for four days. It would either be July 1st to the 4th or the 2nd to the 6th. And there would be fireworks two days. So either two and four or four and six. And everyone in the whole town would come out to this festival. And I lived within walking distance of it. So once I got old enough, my parents would just let me go down there. I mean, we went down there every day. And you know how, like, you look back at things when you're a kid and you're like, that was amazing. And then if you went now, you're like, oh, my God, this is really shitty and no one's here. But I think it <laughs> genuinely, my memory of it is is correct, that, like, everyone in town in there was there and there was just thousands of people and everyone would sit there and, and watch the fireworks. And people would park all the way up to our house, which was like a 15-minute walk away the, the cars the whole city would be there and it was such a, a big event um so i always have a, a a warm a warm memory of fourth of july that uh cannot be recreated now unfortunately yeah like you're saying so america things. you're saying america used to be better back when you were young I, used I, to be... that's basically what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there are some people that think that it could be great again troy i don't know about <laughs> that Jared. i don't know but I bet you they love 4th of July (laughs) Uh, what I love is playing side quest side sesh and that's what we're going side sesh to do this evening Uh, episode 1 character creation episode 2 let's meet the crew and find out what the mission is Uh, episode 3 I really don't know what's going to happen but let's do a quick recap last week we were reintroduced to everyone's favorite Noel, Karazor. Does Karazor have a last name? No, that's part of because his uh, tr- tribal tradition. There's, there's, there only, there's only one name, Karazor. I like your fame. That. Your fame is supposed to be transcendent enough that you would never need a last name, <laughs> like share. <laughs> then certainly, uh, your fame precedes you. Um, well. We find out that Karzar has had a pretty Karzor has had a pretty rough decade uh, ever since escaping the midnight mirror and watching as his allies were beheaded. Uh, he's been working with Nikesor's brother and niece, uh, along with this shadowy cabal of vigilantes who all wear the mask of the Crystal Ghost. Uh, it seems that Nikesor's influence has extended far beyond the throne of Carpad. Not only has he strengthened his position with uh, Fey alliances from the First World, but he's been brokering deals with the bordering nations uh, to Nidal, Malthun, Nirmathas, and he may even have friends in the Umbral Court. But the Crystal Ghosts, plural, believe this is all a distraction for something he's planning way far to the south uh, in the magic-scarred lands uh, known as the Impossible Lands. This is beyond Avastan. Um, and the Crystal Ghosts have uh, made a deal with the Pathfinder Society to allow uh, you, Karazor, and uh, a band of uh, mercenaries or adventurers or soldiers of your choosing uh, to find out uh, 
to, to, to kind of go down there as long as you find out what happened uh, to this Pathfinder Society uh, member who disappeared um, on this remote island nation of Bopan. So you can go down there looking for what Nikesor's connection to all of this is as long as you help out the Pathfinder Society by finding out what happened uh, to someone by the name of Selmius Foster. Uh, a hand, your handler, a uh, friendly to the Crystal Ghost, uh, a pathfinder by the name of Kumrock Blackthane. This dwarf is waiting for you uh, in Quantium, uh, the capital city of Nex. He tells you there may not even be a civilization there in Bopan anymore. But if this there is, you are acting on behalf of the society, despite anything that you may be looking for, and you should be discreet and tactful in your approach. Should you encounter an actual civilized society there. So you have now teamed up with an uh, automaton named Balthazar the Mild, uh, a uh, summoner uh, named Rufus of Opara, and a mysterious masked stranger known only as Champ Kindly. Uh... So let's talk about this. Um, you're you're in Quantium. You're you're sitting there having drinks with uh, this dwarf, and uh, do you have any questions for him? Or do you want? Sorry, could yeah. you just give me his name one more time? Kumrock Blackthing. Oh, that's right. Good name. The last thing he said to you, you know, obviously be discreet. He's like, we want you to. Uh, he's going to take you on his boat. It's a, it's a long journey to get out there. He's going to try and bring you around, but the weather is usually bad this time of year, and he may have to drop you uh, on the near side, which means you would have to trek through the jungle. But he wants you to find out what you can about old Selmius. If there's even a, a society there, uh, he doesn't know. Uh, speaking of society, let's let's see if you, if you have any foreknowledge of this. So what's everybody's... Uh, uh, sort of skill in society. Joe, what do you have? Zero. Zero. Uh, my okay. character woke up for the first time in his life, as far as he's concerned, in a room in a tomb, and he just got out a couple days ago. So he's never been anywhere or met anyone. Actually, that's not true. He's met a lot of passers-by, but it's hard for him to know about the greater world. I so like not the s- idea of you waking up in a shipwreck. Like in a sunken ship. You were talking about that the other day. Like you woke up in a sunken ship. A ship that's been sunk for like 300 years. You wake up and sort of just walk across the sea floor until you find the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, let's see. Yeah, he could have memories of uh, perhaps that's where he was originally drawn from or something by this necromancer. Well, it's not surprising that you don't know anything. Um, yeah. Karazor, what is your skill in society? Plus seven. Plus seven. And, yes, I'm uh, more than familiar with all the workings of high society. High and low. <laughs> a man of the people. Uh, <laughs> a knoll of the people. Knoll of the people. Balthazar the Mild. Uh, you've been around a long time, uh, but have you studied your history? Uh, that's a plus one for me. Your uh, the, the ways and means of you, your flesh sack existence have interested me very little. Rufus of Opara, uh, were you put through the finest schools, uh, the finest prep schools? No, I dropped out of the finest schools, but I've done a lot of backpacking uh, across Avistan, (laughs) stayed at a lot of hostels, been at some parties with girlfriends who don't want to see me anymore, and I have a plus six. 
Uh, all right, so you don't. Uh, this, the name doesn't ring a bell. Uh, Balthazar the Mild, though, you seem to recall uh, that Selmius uh, is most known or most famous for his uh, explorations in Vudra, which ultimately led to Vudra opening up its lucrative spice trade to merchants from Absalon. And uh, to reward the Pathfinder Society for Selmius's efforts, the city of Absalon uh, donated an old manor to the Pathfinder Society, um, which is where they ended up uh, founding the Grand Lodge. Um, the manor is now called the Water Palace, and it remains on the grounds of the Grand Lodge to this day. The last Pathfinder Chronicle to mention Selmius was written by his assistant, someone by the name of Adolphus, who said that he was killed by, quote, dog-faced people on Bopan, but didn't elaborate any further. Um, after Selmius's death, uh, Adolphus and his wife, uh, a woman by the name of Ganje, founded a Pathfinder Lodge right here in Quantium. Now, Karazor, you remember uh, that in addition to his skills as an explorer, Selmius Foster was an expert negotiator whose silver tongue opened new doors for the Pathfinder Society. Um, but given how badly Selmius failed uh, due to his disappearance, uh, the people on Bopan are most likely not interested in parlaying with unwelcome visitors. Now, of course, since these are secret checks, this information could be very true or very erroneous um, for either of you. <clears throat> um, Bopan is not is uncharted in terms of civilizations. So, like, we don't have we don't even know if they're human or not. Like, we just know there there are a people in on the island of Bopan, and nothing is known about them. And he was going to find out about them, and he was a smooth talker. So he thought he could be that the, a good emissary for civilized society or whatever, and he was never seen again. Yes, correct. Is that, is He's one of the summer? founding members of the Pathfinder Society that went out there and never returned. If Balthazar's memory uh, serves him correctly, uh, all you know is that he was killed by some dog-faced people. Um, but was that part of the civilization? Was it just a wild animal? It, who knows? It may not even be true. Um, Maybe they're just ugly. <laughs> Maybe they're just ugly. Nation of ugly people. After uh, several thousand years, you all have become rather ugly to me. The grandfather clock has an opinion. <laughs> and no one, to uh, at least to the Pathfinder Society's knowledge or, or any written uh, history, has traveled out to Bopon since. So it's super remote. Um, how do we? How do we get to Bopon? Boat? We'll, we'll take my boat, the unsinkable. Uh, it's about a six, whoa, whoa. <laughs> seven weeks journey. Uh, I I propose we rename seven. the boats before we set sail. Oh, my great grandfather called it the unsinkable, and did my great my grandfather and my father. I can't change the name now. It would be an insult to my family tree. Cumrock, can I ask you a question? It's Cumrock. Sorry, uh, yes. sorry. Not come rock. Okay. Come stone. <laughs> Have you ever seen any of these dog-faced people? 
No, no, are you, I assume you're referring to the, uh, the, the notes that were written by his uh, assistant. There may be truth to them. Uh, we don't, we, we don't know for sure. Uh, we did find a letter, uh, from one of Selmius's adventuring companions, a woman by the name of, uh, Karina Nopsinar, uh, who, who referred to Selmius as a bit of a pompous buffoon, uh, a scholar and by no means a, a diplomat. And she expressed that, uh, with regards to his journey to Bopan, uh, she uh, feared for his safety and uh, more than she held out any hope that he would actually uncover anything. So it seems like she held a, a very low uh, opinion of him. Now, maybe it was just Karina venting her frustrations with Selmius. They were traveling companions for many years, and, and by all accounts, old Selmius had a, a tendency to get in trouble when taking the lead in complex social situations. I have an annoying question. Please! If, well, okay, I'll do it in character. Um, if the assistant knew about the dog faced people, then how come, like, where's the assistant? How come he didn't also disappear and then never come back to tell us about the dog faced people? Does that make sense? It does, it does. Yes, it seems that uh, many of those who knew him well were not very fond of him. Uh, maybe he didn't treat them well, or maybe he was just a fool, or maybe something happened out there that uh, soured uh, the relationship so that people did not want to dig any further. But uh, Alfonso and his wife are no longer with us, and so their secrets are lost to time. Hmm. Sounds less that he was possessed of a golden, of a silver tongue than being a golden turd. Yes, perhaps. Uh, and yeah, so this would all run counter to your your memory of reading something about him being this silver-tongued diplomat. Um, at least his friend, uh, traveling companion, this woman, did not think so. So, I'll do it in character as well. Why yes, do, robot! I'm not a robot, I'm actually magic. Uh, but why do we care <laughs> about this unsavory fellow? Let's just say that the, the Pathfinder Society has an, an interest in this, just as your uh, sort of dealings in this are uh, unknown to me. Uh, we, we would rather keep that uh, unknown to you as well. He is an important part of our history, whether his reputation was uh, all that good or not, and finding out what happened to him on Popan would, uh, would, help, would help us. That's all I'll say. And you say it takes six to seven weeks of sailing to get out there? Yeah, at least that. Uh, this That's time of so year. so long. It is, but rum. you'll have each other and we'll bring some rum. I don't. <laughs> I didn't know we were just going to be traveling for seven weeks. Especially on a boat that's called the Unsinkable. Called the Unsinkable that not even God himself could sink this <laughs> boat. <laughs> All right, I'm not going. <laughs> that's it. Six to seven like weeks it. sounds like a great holiday to me on a boat it'll be awesome I have like a question spirit. I have a question yes did you enjoy your stout would you like another one I enjoyed it so much so much I don't need another one I have a question that yes. I don't think anyone asked here from what I heard what is the Pathfinder Society? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, we'll have a long time to discuss that on the boat. But it's a, a group of adventurers and chroniclers who like playing games with strangers in, in local gaming stores. <laughs> I don't Let's quite understand gaming. it, but that's the path to society. Oh, are you talking about some sort of organized play situation? Yes, yes, organized play and whatnot. Uh, uh, understood, understood. Yes, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. Time away outside in the air it'll be great and he's That's like the spirit this masked face is just nodding around at all of you you could learn a lot from the creepy stranger he says to rufus <laughs> we learn from him every day i feel uh i, I i'm getting the sense that you are not fully up to the task here whether it be the name of my boat or this sort of unknown mission uh i there could be riches involved as well. Uh, you know, I, I know that you have something that you want to do, but uh, anything you find, uh, unless it's, uh, you money know, an artifact. Means, money means nothing to me. Well, I don't, I don't want to hear about it. Means a little I'll do whatever you say. No, no I like what money. you say. I like money too. If nothing else, perhaps, no. if we can find his grave, we can salvage his silver tongue, sell it when we return. Oh. That would... That would belong to the society, but we would pay you handsomely for it, and other any other artifacts you may find. You will be taken care of. Uh, trust me, it's a it's a good mission, and it's it's all I have. Otherwise, this would be a short season. <laughs> it's the only quest I have on. All hand. right, I've got one other mission here. <laughs> Let's hear it. Um, there is a. Damn it! This is the only mission. Uh. <laughs> okay. What was the yeah. name of this freaking city again? Like, I felt like I wrote it down five times. I can't see it anymore. It's just an Quantum. island. We're in Quantium, but we're, we're going to Quantium. Bopon. Quantium, yes. Quantum. Sounds like an element. Um, Quantium of Solus. Should I Quantum. buy like? Should I like buy some board games for the boat? Or uh, yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna get some magazines. Yes. This leather gloved finger points at you. <laughs> now that sounds fun. Magazines, board games. What kind of magazines? Uh, music magazines. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes they have tablature in them that I can practice on my loot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll pick up some. I got some... A, I got some copies of Minstrel here. I got some copies <laughs> of of Jester, which is not. I don't always love the stuff they have in that. Chester and Minstrel. Well, perhaps you could teach me some chords on the way when I'm not driving the ship. Automaton, you are noticeably quiet over there. Have you ever been on the sea? Oh, many times, many times. I'm just contemplating how I might kill kill the, the folks that we meet on Bopan so as to effect a more perfect world. Well, um, as to that, should you encounter an actual civilized society... We don't want you to do that. We need you to be discreet and tactful because you are representing us. Now, if they're just, you know, savages and, and animals and magical beasts, go ahead, kill uh, at, at will. But if you if there is some sort of society there, we need contact. This is a, this could be a historical day, not only for the society, but for the world. Should you, for, find some sort of life there? It's been uh, a long time since anyone's made any contact there, and there are no records. You could go down in the annals of history. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure find? that... The, <clears throat> I'm well find? up in the annals of history. <laughs> what if we find unlife there? That's an odd question. 
No one's ever phrased a question to me like that before. Unlife? Unlife. We are not far from Geb, are we? Yes, the magical influence of this area could very well extend beyond the Obari Ocean. Uh, I suppose you could see some unlife there. Yes, the, the magical signal. Yes. Do we negotiate or do we just kill them all? Well, if there's an opportunity to parlay, I would always uh, take that. But you must defend yourself as well. Um, you know, they, they may not have the best opinion of the society. So you may want to not wear that on your sleeve. That's very thoughtful, dwarf. I like your style. Cormrock, Blackbane, please. We'll be hanging out together for weeks. We're friends. We use first names. We kiss. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> it oh. is a long voyage. <laughs> how how will we'll stay warm? Before we go. Yes. Is there a graveyard around here? Uh, yeah, there is Cemetery. a... Cemetery. Uh, there is a church uh, nearby, a temple of uh, Saren Ray. I believe there is a, a cemetery uh, attached to that. Did you... Do, do you have a, do you have a, a, a loved one that is interred there? Uh, possibly. I'm, I'm in the market. That's all. Thank you. I'll keep my <laughs> business for, to in myself. In the market for a loved one. All right. Uh, well, let's... <laughs> we do have a little time, although I would like to uh, shove off uh, soon. It's a long journey, and we'll be role-playing every single day of it. You can shove <laughs> off now if you like. We have are you, are you, are you ready? Amongst ourselves. Uh, oh, I misunderstood. No, no. I'm sorry. I'm not used to the maritime terminology. I thought you were speaking. No, I, we can leave when you like. All right. We'll, we'll, then we'll leave at, at uh, dawn tomorrow. Uh, oh. I've arranged a room for you at the... The, the slappy inn nearby Excellent. and uh, you can you can stay there and we'll leave it on great Excellent. who's gone I've stayed at the slappy before it's a real shithole it's terrible and uh, <laughs> I paid for it myself I'm kind of a retired pathfinder uh, truth be told so I'm 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 a pensioner at this point but I oh. uh, they would they would they would take care of me should I return to them with the knowledge that you discover. So enjoy the slappy and um, enjoy your graveyard. And it seems that this Noel doesn't quite understand what we're talking about. So make sure he knows to meet us tomorrow. I'm at not dawn. sure who Don is, but I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to meeting him. Um, <laughs> yes, we'll meet and you I'm very glad you're keeping busy, sir. Uh, it's it's good to, to, even in retirement to keep keep active. Yes, it's hard to let go. To you. It, it is either is. this or bag groceries. I see. <laughs> you can be a greeter. You don't have to actually bag groceries. But all no. this is, we can. We have plenty of time to talk about this on the ship, which will surely be sunken by tempted gods. <laughs> so, <laughs> we got your terrible inn, which you've so graciously provided us, and we shall see you with your friend Don in the morning. And with <laughs> all of this on the way. So you. Spend the night in the slappy inn. Uh, what do you do in the graveyard? Uh, uh, he champ? is going to wait until the deepest dark of night. He's <laughs> going to sneak into the graveyard, and then he is going to try to exhume a body. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. So the the deepest dark of night uh, falls. Uh, your companions are most likely restfully. Resting peacefully at the Slappy Inn. Does Balthazar the Mild sleep? He does not sleep. Uh, he does, however, require a period of, uh, we will call it recharging. 
so he just sits there uh, awake, but uh, you know, not really doing much. Got to got to let the old they got to let the old magical juices flow. Is it called recharging in Guns and Gears? Uh, it is not called recharging. It is called hold on. So wait I'm curious, for it. like how does an automaton get their spells back? They don't rest. Yeah. I enter a period of recuperating standby, a recuperating standby state for two hours, ah. <laughs> which is similar to sleeping, except you are aware of your surroundings and don't take penalties for being unconscious. Much like with sleeping, if you go go too long without entering standby state, you become fatigued and can't recover until you enter your standby state for two hours. So for two hours, I just stand there doing nothing. Wow, that's like a refractory good, that. period. A refractory period, yes. Only two hours, though. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. All right, so. Joe, you, uh, find, do, you, do you have a certain way of choosing which grave you go after? Yes. I try to use my senses to discover the poor, poor, worst buried body. The one that was buried. The like, shallowest. Okay. By the think, laziest uh, person. I think Joe's character is going to fuck a corpse. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's kind trying. of what he was sending. He was, you he, know, the but, signals he was sending. But it's not weird because he's also a corpse, so... That's true. He's also on vacation, so all the rules are off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how this plays out. All right, so you uh, use your sense, and you find a uh, a the a, a very poorly dug grave of a, a nun. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, of course. Oh. Really of course. haphazard work. Yeah. Um, yeah. An so unpopular sh- nun. <laughs> Unpopular nun. <laughs> like, I'm but, not digging a deep grave for her. She was uh, the guy that dug her grave was like a student of his, and she used to wrap him on the knuckles with her. her <laughs> wrap him on the knuckles, and so he said, "Here's your grave." And there like, you go. You reap what you sow. You <laughs> damn nun. <laughs> Sticking out. She's six inches below the soil. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who doesn't know math now? <laughs> um. Yeah, so he will he will start this surreptitious process of uh, and now he does not need to fully exhume the body. He's just looking to get deep enough to come across some bones, and then he's just going to take some and put it in a bag, okay, in his backpack. All right, so you don't have to work very hard. Uh, she was very haphazardly buried. Yeah, so he he, he finds some pieces and he and he kind of like. He's keeping an eye out, pulls these bones, and then he puts them in his backpack. And I'm trying to figure out, like, how to play this, but he hears about this boat journey, and he's nervous because he feels that he has to... He feels pieces of himself fading away, basically. Mm. And he has to patch himself, essentially, up with, like... Uh, it's not like with spirit it's with like literal necrotic bone matter is what he needs to like it's basically his need for food is is sort of like represented by that he has to collect bones and he has to you know like once a day ish he has to make sure that he has stuff to um you know whatever reconfigure or supplant those uh, missing pieces people bones doesn't matter any bones could be animal bones so like he literally he was thinking like he's probably gonna have to go into the bilge of the ship and get like rat bones and shit like that like he just has to feast on bones essentially are nun bones considered a delicacy yeah i feel like they should go like longer like they should last him longer if you use nun bones do you get some of the nun's personality oh good question good question 
Uh-oh. Is that Sister Mary? <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> Watch the penmanship. <laughs> you bagged Sister those. Mary Antoinette. How did you, be, how did you get here? <laughs> we see you pulling out those those bones, and you just bag those nun bones, and we, we pull up just into the moon moonlit sky, seeing you alone in this graveyard. And that transitions to a rolling sea. You have been out on the ocean for weeks now. It's going to take over a month to get uh, to this strangely uncharted and unknown nation of Bopan. Or if there is anything known about it, people aren't talking. Um, now, I, we're not going to roleplay every single day of the boat journey, although that would be oh. fun. But what I, I just want to say, I think at this point, we had that many weeks on a boat together, we're probably like so close now that we're like having very like in-depth conversations where I'm like telling Karazor, like Karazor, like I'm sure Natalie will forgive you for that if you just talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what I want to see because uh, I think it would be fun to give a little slice of life of what these days on the ship are like as the four of you get to know each other. So let's say it's day... 17 of the journey and uh, it, it it has been pretty rough and stormy as Blackthane feared so it hasn't been a very comfortable ride but we'll say today it's relatively calm uh, all things considered and you're all above deck enjoying uh, the nights the nice nice weather what what is what is everybody doing Karzur has been surreptitiously throughout the voyage he's been prying out pieces of the ship uh, like foundational pieces like down below in the hull so that he can build himself a little house that he can hang out in on the deck so he's been prying out like timbers from the below below decks and when whenever like people aren't on watch he'll like go upstairs and just like he's building like this like basically a giant doghouse he can hang out in like he's bored salvaging parts of the the actual ship to do yeah. this and like if the captain sees us it'd be like what the fuck are you who's doing this like the, the ship could sink these are these are important pieces of the boat that someone is prying away and using please stop doing this and no one knows who's doing it <laughs> it's, it's this mystery aboard yeah. a ship with nine people on it yep Kumrock, his crew, and the four of you. Oh, do we get to meet the crew? Um, yes, but they're all napping now because of the, <laughs> it's, the sea is cold. I just want to say my character is very friendly and would be on first name basis with every single crew member. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, and then you would, know. And by now, I think we know a lot about their dating histories and their children. Yes. And, some cases they're grandchildren, what their grandchildren do, and I would yeah. like to I would like to hear about it. Who well, they're going had, home to, who they're eager to return to, all that kind of stuff. They've had their a rough dreams. They've had a rough go of it. And so that's why they all happen to be sleeping right now while the sea is calm, because they know when the night comes, uh, so does the, the stormy sea. Um, but soon we'll talk about them for a So them. tonight in game time. To, probably. Okay. Probably, uh, and you know they're they're uh, they're just as stymied as Kumrock as to who is stealing pieces of the boat and making a makeshift <laughs> doghouse below deck. I don't um, know who this would be. Uh, 
<laughs> what I is- think the ship is haunted. That's my guess. <laughs> what is Balthazar the Mild doing? Uh, Balthazar the Mild is uh, giving haircuts to the crew members one by one and healing their ailments. <laughs> well, they all and have also scurvy. selecting his next victim. That's really uncomfortable. <laughs> this is like a uh, Dexter sort of character, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me just heal you. And, uh, what are your most vulnerable areas? <laughs> oh, this is an interesting scar. What happened here? Do you mind filling out this survey with a list of your greatest fears? <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking this question not not from any pointed reason, but if we were to extract your bowels and decorate the ship with them in your blood, would there be any kind of irregularity that we would need to know about? They're all very uncomfortable around you, but they're also afraid, and so they let you cut their hair and cure their scurvy. Uh, I cut their hair with my scythe, with my sickle attachment, by the way. Uh, what about Rufus of Opara and uh, your dragon idol on Velflexenbob? Velflexenbob, don't say its name. Sorry. I can't let it out again. <laughs> Does he just come out every once in a while? Like you constantly summoning your idol? He come out. No. <laughs> <laughs> Only in times of direst need or if I'm playing a really big show. Belthrex <laughs> and Bob. You don't understand. He's the, he's the scourge of Casimir. You cannot let him out. <laughs> no, I have been... Telling people to stop asking me to let out the dragon. Just stop asking, because I'm not going to do it. And I've been practicing some new songs. They had dog heads, and they left him from dead on the island of Bhopal. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds like shit, and I throw my loot. (laughs) Then I knock a a bunch of food off the table, and and I go and I sulk on one end of the boat. I think he might be the one that's taking pieces of the boat and making a doghouse. I dog think house. it's him. I think that's who I suspect. <laughs> what about old Champ Kindly? Champ is, uh, I think, inspired by Skid. I think rather than waking up on a ship, I think maybe what's happening is as he walked around the ship, he started to get these like almost instinctual responses to certain daily ship like routines or activities and it's like he like knew how to set a sail knot you know what i mean or like he knew how to like drop some rigging in in one area and was just like how do i know how to do that and like he's i think remembering something about his former life and um when everybody else is napping downstairs like he has ingratiated himself and sort of deflected questions about his strange appearance or his constantly masked face by, you know, just sort of passing it off as being an injury, a uh, burn injury or, so, or some such, and by offering to help. And uh, I think that now he is, like, they're napping because he is steering the ship. Like, he's literally steering the boat and is, like, competent at it. And he doesn't know why. It's sort of like, He's looking up at the main mast, looking up at the flag, and he knows, like, from where the wind is and the angle that he's at, and he's just, like, tacking through the ocean. This is great. It's like Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. 
Exactly. Like, I wonder if he was a pirate of the Caribbean. He was. <laughs> I must say, champ, you've been a great help to me on the journey thus far. I normally don't trust my crew. Oh, you woke up. Yes, well, I... I, 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 I was going to say... back this early. I thought you were coming back tonight. It's old, old habits. I don't trust my crew to stay on the ship as long as I've let you, but you seem to have uh, taken a shine to it, and uh, you've stayed on course, and I, I appreciate it. Perhaps uh, there's room on my crew for you, should you return alive from this nation. Yes, uh, I'd be interested in that. Perhaps I could work the bilge. I'm not sure what that is, but... Uh, it's Are like you coming most... on to me? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most disgusting possible place to work, but it's like it keeps him out of the sun and close to the rats, so he'd be happy with it. They always say, if you want to get a dwarf off, you gotta work the bilge. <laughs> <laughs> that thing has been around for 4,000 years. <laughs> There's a uh, plaque above the door to his cabin that reads that. It's very uncomfortable. A little off color, but the, the crew like it. It's Did you read the plaque? Anyhow, well, you're all great, and I like you better than my crew, who are still sleeping. Uh, so, I would also say at this point, I, I'm not sure how far we're in, like, um, before, I'm not sure how far we were before we met Kumrock, mm-hmm. but definitely by this point, weeks in, like Jared was saying, you know, he's, he's half joking about like how close we're getting, but like we're definitely getting close. And I would, I would venture to say that they all know that Champ is a skeleton. You know, if yeah. you like, I think Karazor yeah. knew before we even had that initial meeting because he, when he can get like time away from the crew, is just like, oh, thank God. <sighs> Oh. <laughs> like pulls those wrappings <laughs> off because they just drive him nuts. Uh, so yeah, I love you, that he thinks like, that guys... he's still pulling the wool over everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It would be amazing <laughs> if like the whole crew knows he's a skeleton. Yeah, every, every night, every day, he goes down to the bilge, and we're like, so. So Champ is a skeleton, right? <laughs> He's a skeleton, Definitely, right? yeah. I assumed that he would. He was. Yes. The crew has been talking we about it. Absolutely. I'm an expert in know? deception. <laughs> he hasn't eaten anything. Um, he pretends to eat Which is weird It just sort of falls to the floor And we pick it, it up afterwards He doesn't even know how to pretend Like it's he's so He has no concept of it at all like it's, No, it's, <laughs> it's actually the least convincing deception I've ever seen Yeah, it's completely ineffective I, it's, <laughs> Well, between you and me This is why I want him to join my crew He's a terrible steersman But uh, we would save so much on not buying food <laughs> That's true that's true. That's Don't tell him that. Between break him and, and uh, the, the robot, the magical robot, it's a lot less food. That is a lot less hard all. attack. Do you think I should offer to give Champ a haircut just to see how he squirms? <laughs> what, yeah, you see him try to pretend. It'd be interesting. <laughs> um, uh, oh my god. It just went out of my head. What was I just going to say? Shit. Uh, I lost it. Go ahead, continue. Well, I was going to say the days pretty much go on similar to that. Every day is exactly like that one. <laughs> wow. And after <laughs> so we're, we're all completely insane at the yep. end. Of the <laughs> <laughs> Just and every I, I have to know. And every day, Balthazar offers to give Champa haircut. Every day. Does, does Rufus ever finish the song? Uh, 
No, he's working on a couple different tunes, and uh, he gets fr- <laughs> he gets frustrated a lot. A lot of times, like he'll start drinking while he's writing the song, and then uh, he's pretty drunk like an hour later, and he's not really able to work at his top of his game. Um, so you know, he's less of a musician and more of a uh, uh, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Got Just it. lying on ship, passed out with uh, Jester magazine sprawled out and a nudie yeah. mag tucked inside of it. Uh, so oh, I yeah. remember what I was going to say. I wanted to shout out our friend of the show, Sergeant Farva, who in the in the character creation episode was like, "Hey, has anyone noticed the skinny guy never goes to the bathroom?" <laughs> I was like, that, that's a good line. And that's exactly like where you guys are at. It's like, he never eats it. He never goes to the bathroom. What's up he's with this He's a skeleton, kid? right? I think he's a skeleton. He's a skeleton. Although, on the other hand, it is weird if you are noticing that whether people go to the bathroom or not. Like, yeah. Yeah. If I've, it's been waiting. Like, I've been waiting. Hey, Rufus went around. to the bathroom three times today. Does that seem like a <laughs> yeah. lot to you guys? Someone with a book. One of the crew members. He's <laughs> got like a little ledger he keeps. That's three today. <laughs> everything everything flowing okay <laughs> Wayne uh, alright so the days are all exactly alike um, and after several weeks of sailing over the Obari Ocean on the unsinkable maybe somebody says land ho and you can all vaguely see through the mist because it's uh, from the squall and the fog you can vaguely see through the mist uh, an island in the distance and the waves are out of control uh this this day that we're picking up on now is much different than the day we just role played like the boat is practically going horizontal uh every couple minutes with the the waves and the wind water is, is coming into the boat uh, it's awful and uh black thing <laughs> wait wait, wait. Is- hold on he's gonna throw a wild guess out there He's going to have to drop us on the part of the island where we have to trek across. You know, it's funny you mention that. Oh, no <laughs> way. No way. He yells out, it's just as I expected. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the seas are too turbulent to bring the ship around to the far side. But I, there's a, I know there's a beach up ahead that we can land close enough to. You'll have to cross uh, the island by land while I wait out the storm. But I promise, I, along with the unsinkable and my crew, we will meet you on the far side of the island uh, once the weather clears. I, I assume you'll be there for some time, uh, but uh, we'll say like a, a, a week. A week should be enough. Uh, I would assume the, the storms will, will find time in the next seven days to be able to swing the boat around. But time is of the essence. Uh, I need you to, to go. I'll bring you into the beach. Cool? Cool. We just wait to see if the weather clears up. Yes. Yeah, we'll be going we've already, around there anyway. You've been out here seven weeks already, like another week. Like, another week's you know. not a problem. No, we're we're running running a wonderful I mean, time. We're running out of rations. I'm sorry. You can't do it. You have to get out. Get out of the boat! And they start pushing you. Get out of the boat! So he uh right, we deboat. You deboat and he yells, Remember to work the bill <laughs> <laughs> And uh you you take a little dinghy uh a disposable dinghy to the shore <laughs> crumple it up and throw it away after you're done and uh you just stand 
on this coast of Bhopan. It's a straight, somber coast that faces a, a mist-shrouded ocean. You can barely make out the unsinkable now as it shoves off uh, into deeper waters. Will you ever see Kumrock Blackthane again? Uh, part of you hopes not. after not. what I did to that boat. He's a weird guy, and uh, it was an uncomfortable journey. You look up ahead, and there are I reddish... I was hoping to vivisect the second mate. <laughs> you look up ahead... A second? A second? You already vivisected the, the first, first mate? The first mate would be an unsuitable sacrifice. <laughs> you look up ahead, and there are reddish trails of earth visible... Uh, through the dark green foliage of bushes and creepers that trail along the low cliffs. Uh, there's a chain of jutting jagged rocks standing out from the waves uh, like remnants perhaps of a, a wall breached by the sea. But when you look inland, uh, it's just vast primeval jungles casting their shadow uh, towards the uh, eternally toiling waves at your back. The only way to do anything is to go through. So. This is so freaking awesome. This is like... Did anybody read The Lost City of Z? They made a movie no. of it, which sucked, I heard. I didn't see it. Did you? No. It's so good. I highly recommend it. But it is it is a, it's a non-fiction story of like a dude who's like a New Yorker writer. David Grant, right? I, yeah, sure. I, I think that does sound familiar. He basically is doing research on this explorer that went missing in the Amazon a hundred years ago. Oh, yeah. Okay. And Actually, just, I, did, I did see the movie. Did. Yeah, and he's just doing research on this, and then he just gets obsessed, and he goes to try to find what, what happened to this guy a hundred years ago in the Amazon. And it's just like a true story about, like, it's so much. It's just so cool. And so, to, you know, to have the premise or setup be like, a silver-tongued, famous old explorer, like vanished in these in these forests, and he was better yeah. than anyone at doing this. So, like, if he didn't make it, how are you going to make it? This is yeah. awesome. Yeah, we're only level three. I don't know how we're going to. Yeah, exactly. I like, this I doubt is- he was level three. <laughs> well, two of us. And don't I doubt eat. charisma and- was a dump stat. For what, him. Was, <laughs> what was what uh, was Troy? What was um, Selmius's level? He was he was <laughs> yeah, maxed you- out to level twenty. And uh, what was wow. his class and archetype? <laughs> he was a bard. No, uh, you don't know. This is so. What's so weird about it is like they're trying to find inf- find out information about a guy that seems to be pretty unliked by his closest <laughs> his traveling companions and confidants. Um, but there is there's something important here, um, important enough that they're sending this ragtag band of mercenaries to do their dirty yeah. work for yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. Parzor. Have you considered the possibility that we've been dropped on this island to be a, a ritual sacrifice for its uh, presence here? That in a long line of ritual sacrifices. Uh, that had not occurred to me. That's a real downer. <laughs> I, I don't think we should think that way. That's opening a can of worms I don't want to deal with right now. You, you just concentrate on finding one of those dog-faced people and cutting them open and playing around in their guts. That should keep your spirits up. I do have many years of expertise in that field. Good. Great. Oh, um, thank God. And uh, and Champ is just pulling all the straps off of his face and his mask off. And, and it's, oh, all right, I'm ready. Oh, and Champ. And he pulls a bow off of his You're back. You're a skeleton. Uh, we had oh. no idea. 
Well, I already told you that. What is your memory short-circuiting or something? <laughs> Who are you? I'm, I'm Champ. It's Champ the Skeleton. We met him earlier. Champ the Skeleton. We spent oh, seven weeks skeleton. together. I have <laughs> no idea. No, no, no idea. All right. Um, All right. Does anyone want to do anything to sort of do anything to prepare themselves mentally, physically, emotionally before entering the dense jungle, or you just want to start trudging? Can I just huh. do a survival check to see if there are any tracks of any anything notable around the beach where we are? For sure. Look, Balthazar, I think you were all very comfortable with me being a skeleton, but the crew couldn't know. They couldn't find out. They would freak out. They wouldn't accept me. The crew knew you were a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> Rufus Papara says. Yeah. And then his skeleton face just turns on teeth. <laughs> what? <laughs> Everyone knew it was... Yeah. It's... Jared, thank you. That was the perfect amount of time to wait to respond. It was yeah, the ex- exact exact amount of time to wait. <laughs> Mathematically, Mathematical yeah, precision. Yeah, if, if comedy was mathematics, you, you solved that equation. <laughs> Timing! Uh, give me that survival check. Oh, I, I shall roll myself. Uh, 22. 22. You look around... Maybe some animal tracks. Uh, thankfully, all small. You don't see any large animal tracks. No carcasses or anything. Um, but certainly no tracks of uh, a bipedal human or right. anything like that. Nothing dangerous. And thank God, no fucking sandpipers. He rises up out of the sand and says, <laughs> let us go. Um, I'm going to pull my crossbow and I'm going to uh, try to get in between the bigger guys that fight hand to hand. So behind Karazor, in between Karazor and Champ, maybe. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, so I think, yeah, for this, looking at this dense jungle, I think that, um, yeah, I think that champ is going to start by by slinging his um his longbow on his back he's sheathing it on his back and he's going to go with a a sword and shield into you know oh, into okay. the jungle so he pulls out this small steel shield and a short sword and just like starts walking through using the shield to kind of push away the initial so this, this is interesting you and Balthasar you don't bleed right I do not bleed what happens when you take damage? You just get like dented. I guess so. I can be healed and you in the same chipped. way. <laughs> Joe, you get chipped. <laughs> yes, you get chipped away. You also, um, your life force is represented by a negative, an unlife force, which is also can be damaged. It can yeah. be strained to the point of snapping your connection to whatever power is keeping you alive. So you know, it's it's sort of. It, you know the 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 collapsibility allows me to to think that you know just chipping away it, it can't be the only thing because he can collapse into a pile of bones and then reform. It's all about chipping away at that energy that's holding it all together. You know, and eventually it could snap. If that's you... what they say when fighting a skeleton: aim for the stuff in between the bones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so this is interesting. So you guys kind of 
just enter this jungle and yeah. there, there are no like trodden paths to follow so you're really kind of just like hacking away bivouacking I don't bivouacking. I don't ever hear that bivouacking word. Means, That's not the I, right word. Bivouacking is setting up like a shelter in the jungle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like, just like the word. So I would I, like to bivouac. It is a great word. That is a it's word a you don't great, hear often enough. Great word. I only think of small world. When yes. I, I want to play bivouacking elves. Bivouacking, bivouacking skeletons. Yeah. There's skeletons in small world. Uh, sure. Webster defines bivouac as stay in a temporary camp without cover. Um, okay. I, you're talking we about. Bivouac. Well, it's, fun, it's right? like a machete. You're hacking through the brush, hacking through the yeah, brush. Yeah, you're hacking through. You can, you know, it's it's you're not so thick that you're, yeah, bush you're bushwhacking. Yeah, bushwhacking. Yeah, bushwhacking. It's, it's not so out of control that you're like every step of the way, but it's it's nasty enough that you'll sometimes you'll have to use your shield to push it out of the way or your arms or whatever you have in your hand for a weapon. Um, it's just, it's uncomfortable and, and, and made all the more creepy and uncomfortable by the fact that you have no idea where you're going or if there is a where. You're really just truly exploring uncharted uh, terrain. And so you're a couple hours in, and it's it's pretty brutal going through this mess. You can see why no one has any sense of what life, if any, exists here. Because if if the only way to really sail here is to get dropped off and go through, the, the brush is pretty awful. And, and the red clay earth that continues from the beach all the way in it's it's dotted throughout by several shallow pools, many of which uh, contain swarms of practically invisible, like biting mites that seem oh. to constantly be at you. So you don't even see them; you just feel them uh, crawling on your skin, your bones, or your metal. Um, what do they eat when they can't get knoll? <laughs> <laughs> These are the same mites we encountered at the mattresses at the Slappy Hotel. (laughs) You may have brought these mites along with you, wasn't you? We've Um, introduced them into this new habitat (laughs) to kill all the species to the violent (laughs) There should have been a guy on the beach like, are you bringing any uh, species of mites? (laughs) He smuggled them through customs. Sorry, sir, we're going to have to check your premises. (laughs) You'll have to leave your mites here on the beach. Uh, do any, no one has alchemical tools or any sort of craft alchemy, right? All right, so no. you don't have the ability to build any repellent for these things. Um, but everybody roll either a, a a nature check or a survival check to try and avoid these areas that are are most heavily dotted with these pools, or uh, a medicine check to try and like help uh, treat the bites. Uh, so you need to have healers' tools to do that as well. Please, um, allow me to heal your mite bites. But everyone roll a uh, one of those three checks, nature, survival, or medicine, as long as you have healer's tools. Uh, uh, I can rolled I a... follow an expert? Uh, no, you need to roll an individual check. I mean, I most all a... of the expert is like, you. sorry, Jared, you, you still roll the check? I rolled a... <laughs> follow I the rolled expert. A... Okay. Uh, <laughs> follow sorry, the expert. Sorry, I'm just being a... Okay, go ahead. Do you no, get- my question is, is anyone an expert in any of those things? Because I'm untrained in all three of those skills. And so I, I have, you know, no bonus. So I'm just curious if I can, because you said like, you know, pick paths that would avoid these. Like I could just follow somebody to do that or have, right. you know, have somebody with medicine tell you what to do. 
Um, the ally must just, be an, at least an expert in that skill and be willing to provide assistance while following the expert. You may match their tactic or attempt similar skill checks. Oh, so, uh, is anyone an expert in nature, survival, or medicine? No. No. Okay. Trained. So you're just flat cool. rolling. And that's probably expected at this level. Um, so, okay. Jerry, did you roll yet? I did, <laughs> and I think I probably failed. I'm only trained in nature, and I rolled a 12. A 12 in nature, okay. Um, champ? I rolled... What's there, champ? <laughs> <laughs> I rolled survival, and I rolled a 15. Okay. Uh, what about Karazor? Uh, Karazor got a 21. 21 for Karazor? Okay, and uh, Balthazar the Mild? 18 for medicine. 18 uh, for medicine. So unfortunately, with two of you failing uh, and two of you succeeding, it's not enough. Like, this is really harrying you guys uh, as you go through this. Uh, so much so that you all take 11 points of piercing damage, which is oh, just sort ah. of like oh, cumulative geez. damage of going through this. Um, and now... Uh, even the skeleton? <laughs> even the skeleton? Yeah, it's just like... By, ah, God! Um, who who rolled? I'm sorry, I. What did you roll, Skid? Uh, Twenty one. Twenty one. All right. So Jared and Joe, give me also a fortitude save. Is this um, at a minus two? A, is this against a disease or poison? Uh no. At a minus two, I yeah, have I rolled. Don't, a f- I don't believe you. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> trust me. At a minus two, I have rolled a fourteen. Okay. Um. I no no uh, okay so we're minus it's just total minus two so that's a twenty five for me okay so Whoa. fortitude save minus two is a twenty five all right so you're okay but Rufus of Opara is not used to being in this sort of area and he uh, is, does not only take that eleven points of damage he's also drained one oh man these bugs no. really. Got no. <laughs> all right so Troy how would this interact with champs? Lay on hands. Yeah. I, well, I should say touch of corruption. Sorry. Touch of corruption. Yeah. So he feeling this, th- these things chipping away at his life energy, his unlife energy. He can restore unlife. that with a touch. So is this like, uh, you know, is this just the eleven points of damage is representing hours of exposure to this? Is that sort yeah? Of the idea? So you know, I can sort of lift the veil here. There's a little bit of a mini game, John, going on here uh, as you are dealing with sort of the roughs of the jungle. Um, You know, if you were to try and uh, linger and start treating wounds or something, that would slow things down to the point we'd have to keep rolling uh, these checks and keep taking damage. So something quick, if you had someone that could do a burst heal, everyone would get that 11 points back. Um, But where you have something that you can do to yourself, you can do that, but your your companions wouldn't be able to... uh, Okay, sounds good. So I'm going to mitigate that damage. Yeah. Balthazar is going to do battle medicine on himself. Okay, and battle medicine, it takes how long? Uh, it's a single action. Okay, if it's a single yeah, action, but, then you're... but just be careful with that, because you can only do that once in 24 hours, yep, if I'm exactly. not mistaken. Yep. Yeah, so, I can do it on any of you, actually. Um, yeah, well, treating wounds is 10 minutes. Battle medicine, assuming we don't want to stop, battle medicine is six seconds. Yeah. Yeah, so you could battle medicine uh, everyone? In like yeah, six seconds, six seconds, six seconds, and then we'd be immune. But then, yeah, everyone would be immune to it for twenty-four hours. 
Okay, as long as it takes six seconds, uh, you're welcome to, to roll those three checks. And Joe, you lay on hands. All right, so it's DC 15. Does everyone want it? or? Uh... Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. All right. Uh, and I'll roll well, while he's doing that, I'll just talk to... Uh... Uh, I'll just talk to Karzor. Oh my! Sl- slapping at these mites. This is probably. Oh, sorry, God. Well, I rolled a natural nineteen for myself. Wow! So, so is that a crit? Uh, Did you get twenty-five? You just need twenty-five. No, I got twenty-four. I got oh. Plus five in medicine. But I got. I so I and then I rolled a a natural one, a natural two, and a natural five. <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> oh my God! The natural one is that's yeah. You actually, does damage. Yeah. Does it really when you fail on the medicine check? Yeah, I don't, know, I don't yeah. 100% know on battle medicine, but it definitely treat wounds, it is. It says who, it's, who did you do the natural one to? Well, I, correspo- I, I rolled corresponding to your, vaguely to your shirt colors. So, uh, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, Skid, you are the one. Who are I do what you mean. I do. I had a blue die, a black die, and an orange die, but both of <laughs> you. Uh, it's, I, I, I can't tell if it works as treat. You can patch up wounds as time and medicine set with the same. It is treat C wounds. Yeah, it's treat, treat wounds. wounds. All right, so poor Karazor takes how many points? <laughs> the 2d8, uh, is it? <laughs> I think it is. It's just, it's just whatever the, what the check would be. Yeah, yeah. All right, I think so. That's good. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Balthazar, tri- Balthazar patches himself up and restores. Oh a no, it's one d eight. It's one d eight. Yeah. Uh, three yeah. points of damage, Skip. Okay. Ah, what the hell are you doing? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure you're a barber? <laughs> <laughs> Balthazar was trying to like do 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 it a little quickly, and he just yanked out some of Carzor's fur. <laughs> that was my favorite part of my fur. And now, and now it's mine. So poor Karazor. So I put it in a compartment in my chest. God, <laughs> it just strange. opens up <laughs> this little compartment. Poor Karazor is down 14 points, but uh, the rest of you. Was there any other critical failures? No. Any other failures? Oh, everyone was a failure but me. Um, okay, so you get 2d8, and then uh, Champ gets his lay on hands. Uh, but uh, poor Rufus and... Uh, Touch of corruption. Karazor. Uh, excuse me, touch of corruption are in bad shape. Well, you find that things are getting worse because as you struggle along, the ground itself uh, appears to be pretty treacherous. There's seems to be thousands of tiny shards of uh, what looks like obsidian lodged in the clay ground that's covered by leaves and branches. So uh, the, your footing is treacherous everywhere you go and you try to feel like you're walking around it, but it's 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 very, very difficult to have to avoid having these shards uh, slice into your feet. Um, everyone either roll acrobatics or athletics to try and make use of the trees, rocks, and vines to navigate past all of this or uh, survival or even thievery to try and clear a path through. Okay. Balthazar rolls a 25 acrobatics. 25 acrobatics. Uh, (laughs) Champ kindly rolls a 28 acrobatics. Ooh. Absolutely crushed. He's rolling Uh, really well. Really well. Rufus of Opara rolls poorly again. A a uh, ten total on his uh, thievery skill, and so he goes. Ah, this obsidian just jacked up my foot. <laughs> <laughs> so jacked. 
Uh, what about you, Karzor? Uh, I got a natural 20 on my athletics. Wow. Okay, so even though Rufus, maybe being drained one is just making things more difficult for old Rufus, but thankfully your team uh, is able to chart a safe path and avoid this, and no one takes any damage. You get through these uh, this section of the jungle that seems to be plagued by these strange obsidian shards in the ground. Uh, you've been traveling for about five hours or so now. Could I do... That was um, five hours? I have so much fewer hit points. <laughs> <laughs> What were you going to say, Joe? Um, I wanted to do a check to see if that seemed intentional or if it seemed like a natural formation. You know, if that seemed like a trap of some kind. You know, like somebody trying to lay something to damage people as they're coming in. You do perception. Um, okay. Uh, 21. I mean, he's rolling wow. really well. Um. No, you think it's just like uh, a a natural occurrence from the, you know, the the way that the land doesn't seem to be uh, very well used. These these rocks and the the precipitation are just they're kind of growing up in a way that if it, the ground was more walked over, it wouldn't be sharp like this. That stuff would eventually dull over time. So it doesn't seem to be a trap. Got it. Or purposefully placed. Um, yeah, five hours or so. You're in. You're way deeper in. Luckily, the, the shallow pools of the mites seem to have uh, abated, and the sharp undergrowth uh, has gone away. But now you find yourself in a section of the jungle which is surrounded with these patches of trees that you can't get too close to because they have these thorny protrusions all sticking out of the bark. And each of these thorns has these like tiny fist-sized pumpkin-like fruit hanging from them. And as you start walking through, the pumpkins just start falling at irregular intervals from the trees and detonating when they hit the ground. (laughs) That's amazing. So as you're walking through, you've got to kind of like dodge these uh, out of the way to not be hit by the shrapnel from these exploding little pumpkins. So you can either roll acrobatics to try to dive for cover or nature to notice the presence of one of these shrapnel trees and give it a wide berth. (laughs) <laughs> that is so cool. Just nature's grenade traps. That's right. I love it. You're like it's like the 4th of July out here. Yeah, because uh, there are still regular trees around, and so you can't tell until you're, like, too close that, like, oh, fuck, there's one of those trees, run! Um, so acrobatics or nature, Joe, you're doing a, a happy dance. I'm starting to like champ kindly right now. <laughs> 25 acrobatics. 25 for the champ. The champ is here! Uh, Balthazar the Mild. Balthazar Mild rolled a 21. 21 for Balthazar the Mild. Uh, Karazor, are you acrobatical or nature? I acrobatical, and I, I rolled another natural 20. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> and is Rufus just sucking again, just covered in <laughs> pumpkin grenades? 23 this time. Nice. nice. Man, avoid these. That was like, good work. These roughneck pumpkins, man. I'm like getting out of their way. Uh, all right. Well, that is uh, maybe you've uh, you've started to figure out this jungle a little bit better, and you're able to uh, avoid getting hurt at all. So while the those mites uh, bothered all of you, some worse than others, uh, you seem to have navigated this section of the jungle, and. About six or so hours in, six and a half hours. Uh, everybody, give me a perception check. 
Natural one. Oh, there it is coming back down. Uh, uh, Eighteen for Champ. Twenty-two for Balthazar. Twenty-two for Balthazar. Uh, Rufus, did you tell me? Eighteen. Okay, eighteen. All right. So Balthazar, you see it right away, and Rufus, you see it seconds later. There looks to be uh, a body lying on the ground, uh, but very, very thin. Uh, it's it's hard to tell, and it looks like though, although faded um, from whatever sun could find its way through the canopy of trees overhead, looks like it was wearing what was once colorful clothing. Oh, look Tim. at that. A body. Oh, a body. Where? And Champ starts, like, moving forward as, like, a hunger just triggers in him. Uh, and he will move, as, like, right up to it. Uh, you move uh, up to it? He will move. Uh, yeah, no, he'll just, yeah, he'll just move up to it. You move up to it, and you get maybe this sick sense Maybe a skeletal hard-on. You feel something in your bones. You feel something in your <laughs> bones uh, as you realize that this isn't a body. This is a skeleton. The skeletal remains of some creature. Yes. Uh, it looks like there was maybe a snare trap that caught this person, and they got lodged there and never got out starved to death and died oh wait let me check he leans down over it hello hello it doesn't respond buddy you are you alright it, it still doesn't respond <laughs> alright I think it's just a dead one he'll start to we found Selmius we did it we did it let's go he'll set down his shield and short sword like right on the ground next to him and start like peeling off the fabric of the clothes and opening it up to uh, see if there's anything in the pockets or any jewelry or rings or amulets anything like that so you start searching through this body's very strange clothing Um, although faded looks like nice like opulent perhaps maybe there is or was some sort of civilization here and you find a few interesting things you find a, an adventurer's pack um, you find uh, these little vials with liquid inside half a dozen of them um, Ooh. but the last thing that you find uh, is a single coin and it's a coin if you hold it up and all of you look at it it's, it's something none of you have ever seen. You've seen most of the currency uh, throughout Galarian, I would assume. Uh, some of you have seen uh, currency that goes back thousands of years at this thousands point. Thousands and thousands of years. <laughs> but none of you recognize the face that's on this coin, which is that of a man with long ears and what looks like a magnificent wig. <laughs> what? Like a dog face. And we'll see you next week. Okay. Oh, we're breaking open this mystery wide open, baby. We're getting to the jungle. We got, we got dog face coins. We've got ancient coins. We got ancient coins. <laughs> oh, man. That's good. Wow. Getting ideas. I'm liking this. I like this. 
Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.